Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Today I am sharing my experience in taking a weekend yoga workshop online with one of my teachers, Rod Stryker, who is also known as Yoga Rupa. This workshop was titled Uncovering the Secrets of the Brahmayanka Upanishad, a Para Yoga Immersion Weekend. It was previously scheduled to be held March 20th through the 22nd at Devanandi Yoga in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but it moved online via Zoom due to social distancing in our pandemic outbreak of the coronavirus. This workshop was one I have been looking forward to attending for the past five years. When the Anasara tradition fell apart in 2014, I started searching for a new tradition and a new teacher. My trainings were deep with alignment-based teachers, and I knew I wanted something different. During my 500-hour yoga training with Carol Westerman in Omaha, Nebraska, I was introduced to a variety of teachers. My understanding of traditions and teachers grew as I was on a quest to find a teacher I resonated with and wanted to learn from. Today, I consider my primary teachers to be Yoga Rupa and Elena Brower. Elena was also trained in Anasara and Yoga Rupa is one of her teachers. Yoga Rupa embodies the entire practice of yoga with asana, meditation, pranayama, contemplation, and teaches from the Tantra tradition. Tantra is a Sanskrit word, and it is compound of two verbs, tan and tra. The verb tan has two sets of meanings. The first is to expand, to grow, to expound. Tan also means to weave or intertwine, to integrate, to connect to breathe newness into the old, to pull the present out of the past and give it a meaningful future. The second verb in this compound, tra, means to protect, to free from sorrow, to help one move away from the domain of afflictions. Thus, tantra refers to the path of health and healing, science and spirituality, that holds our full expansion and development as its main objective. This tradition shows us how we can grow and blossom. It shows us how to find purpose in life and how to weave the tapestry of life in the most meaningful manner, how to protect and nurture ourselves, and how to protect and nurture others. According to Tantra, the world is beautiful and life in the world is beautiful. Our inability to see the beauty within and without is known as bondage, for it forces us to live in this world purposelessly. The quest for freedom here and now begins with understanding the sacred nature of our body, mind, and the senses. According to Tantra, the body is a living temple of divinity and the center of consciousness, our soul, also known as Atman, is the highest divinity within us. The power and potential of the soul that is awakened and active in us is called prana. Prana 
is life force. It keeps us alive. It is the intrinsic and vibrant attribute of this inner divinity. The teachings and practices in the Tantra tradition help us connect to our prana and also help us create right relationship with our highest self. Self is spelled with a capital S. Okay, now that you've got a tutorial on Tantra, we're going to go back to my weekend experience. So one week prior to our weekend together in Minneapolis, when I was going to join the Devanandi Sangha, or community, I received an email letting me know the workshop will continue to be held, but it will be led virtually via Zoom instead of in person. I was definitely disappointed. I've been practicing online with Rod on Yoga Glow, now known as Glow, Yoga International, and have done his meditations and yoga nidras on his sanctuary app. I was really looking forward to being in his presence and feeling the energy of the Para Yoga Sangha. However, instead of being canceled, I was also grateful to have the experience and understand the teachings and practices while guided and taught online. Luckily, I was still able to participate in the entire weekend safely in my home. My home office is filled with healing energy and light, and my husband was home to help take care of our kids so I could retreat to practice and learn. The Upanishads guided our teachings over the weekend. Rod shared with us how challenging it can be to teach this particular book because of the non-dual teachings. However, at the end of the weekend, my heart was full and I have a deeper understanding of these ancient teachings. Swami Rama helps us understand where these come from. The following information I took from an article published in Yoga International and Swami Rama writes, the Vedas are the most ancient scriptures in the library of man. The eternal laws of life in the universe expressed in these scriptures were revealed to seers and sages who devoted their entire lives to the realization of ultimate truth. These seers receive this knowledge not through sense perception or the mind, but through inner vision, directly from the source of intuition during the deepest states of contemplation and meditation. The finest section of the Vedas is compromised of the Upanishadic literature, and this is generally known as Vedanta. Upanishad means that which destroys the ignorance of the individual soul that which guides the seeker toward the attainment of the highest wisdom, that which loosens our attachment to the material world and to the perishable self. The Upanishads are said to be the epitome of Vedic knowledge and the treasure of the innermost experiences of the Vedic sages. We use the Upanishads to help guide us through our weekend. And throughout the weekend, we gathered online as a community practicing meditation, asana, and pranayama. We were asked to contemplate on a couple of main themes. The first theme to consider was how we as yoga teachers are transactional or relational. Do we seek teachers whom we can have a relationship with? 
or are we merely looking for information we can turn into a commodity? If we're looking to turn around and share the information without embodying the teachings, well, then this is transactional. I give you something and you give me something in return. We were all invited to reflect on how we, in our relationship with our students, and how we are in relationship to others in our lives. Teachings became more superficial, or they become more superficial, if it does not include relationship. So as I reflected on these statements, I started to understand why I was seeking a teacher I could have a relationship with. As a student, I want to have a teacher who can guide me into the deeper teachings and who wants to be in relationship with me. When I take the seat of a teacher, I find the most value with students who practice with me over time and want to create a deep relationship to their practice and the teachings. Another theme or concept we contemplated and reflected on was our relationship with fear. We experience a very profound meditation, giving it a name and form. In Sanskrit, this is known as Nama Rupa. This it that we reflected on was fear. And it was very relevant for these times because so many of us are experiencing fear, especially of the unknown. In the meditation, we were asked to name fear and then feel where it is contracting or where it feels tight in our body. For me, it was in my belly and my throat. My abdomen felt tight and I had the urge to scream. Once we felt the fear in our body, we were asked to reflect on the stories in our minds and then draw upon our memories. These were known as our samskaras. Another teacher shared with us in Yoga International about samskaras. Samskaras are the subtle impressions of our past actions. Each time the action is repeated, the impression becomes stronger. This is how a habit is formed. The stronger the habit, the less mastery we have over our mind when we try to execute an action that is contrary to our habit patterns. See, good deeds create positive samskaras. Bad deeds create negative ones. And in this long journey of life, we have performed all kinds of actions, right and wrong, good and bad. Our mind is a warehouse of positive and negative samskaras, and it's really up to us whether or not we exercise our willpower and our determination to strengthen or eliminate a particular group of them. So in our weekend together, Rod asked us to reflect on our memories with fear and the times in our lives when we felt fear. We were not asked to change it, but to remember, to feel, and to gain insight into why we might be feeling this way. This then gave us a better understanding of our samskaras. During the last part of the meditation, once we reflected on that in our memories, we were asked to reflect on karma. So this is the level of doing, speaking, and thinking. What can we now do in our actions to help us move forward in understanding and healing? It gave us space. 
space to move away from what we thought, our memories, our sensations, into action. And then once this meditation was over, we were reminded that all fear is born of separateness. It is the knowing of I am that heals us. The last major concept or theme we discussed is where we place our focus or attention. Is it in the objective, the subjective, or our higher self? Rod shares with us that when we are object-focused, we're validated by others, and we receive knowledge from the outside world. When we are subject-focused, we are absorbed in our own thoughts and the stories we replay in our mind. When we are connected to self, again spelled with a capital S, we're reminded that our higher self cannot be seen. It is what allows us to see. It is not recommended that we never listen to the news or reflect on what our inner dialogue is telling us, but when we are connected to our higher self, we're not separate and we can rest in the deep knowing of I am. Our homework from this discussion was a reflection on our discord, was what we believe our Dharma is and how it is expressed in our actions, words, and thoughts. We were invited to meditate on each of these areas in our lives and gain a better understanding of the causes of our suffering. Joy is deepened. Suffering is diminished when we are in right relationship with our best and our highest self. A beautiful mantra we chanted in asana and in meditation was Om Joytir Atma. Om is opening to the absolute. Joytir is light. And Atma is soul. Om Jyotir Atma. I am light of the self. The weekend ended with encouragement to commit to a personal practice that is always available and accessible. And it helps us move more in alignment and have right relationship with ourself. It is helpful if our practice is consistent, expressed with ritual, qualitative, and anchored in prana, or life force. My commitment to myself and my practice now includes waking up an hour before everyone else in my home so I can meditate, practice asana and pranayama, journal and reflect on my feelings, and read articles or books that deepen my knowledge and understanding of the practice of yoga and Tantra tradition. I know I need my practice now more than ever during this pandemic outbreak. This weekend workshop reminded me that when I am anchored, I can be calm. I can be a steady force for my family and those I am in relationship with. This practice does work. May we all now take refuge in the space that's available to us. 
this deep sense of peace within our souls. It really is the turning inward that sets a yogi apart. I'd like to thank Yoga Rupa for his teachings, his dedication to his own practice, and his willingness to share with so many throughout the entire world. I'd also like to thank the Devanandi staff for making these teachings available during these unprecedented times. They quickly had to move within a week from an in-person weekend workshop that started at 9 a.m. every day and ended at 5 p.m. into an online experience for 85 people connecting virtually through Zoom. What a gift. May we all continue to move forward with resilience and grace. Namaste.